At 4ZZZ, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast. We pay our respects to the elders, past, present and emerging of the Turrbal and Yagara people. We acknowledge that their sovereignty over this land was never ceded and we stand in solidarity with them. Good morning, comrades, and uh, welcome to another episode of Workers' Power here on 4 Triple Z. Uh, my name's Bill. I use uh, he, him pronouns. And I'm Cal, he, him. All right, so on uh, Workers' Power today, we've got a pretty busy show today, Cal. Yeah, we do, mate. Yeah. So first up, we're going to have a chat with you you about uh, uh, Tunda Harbour. Yep. Um, and then in the, the at about uh, a bit after 10.30, uh, we're going to have a chat with our WA comrades, uh, uh, from uh, uh, or comrade from Alas Quoker, their singer Trent is going to come on. They've got a new song, right? They're, they're a band that, that that we like here on Workers Power already, but they've got a new song called Eat the Rich. <laughs> you think I'm not going to get them on the show to talk about it? Oh, of course you are. Of course <laughs> I am. All right. So and then, excitingly, in the the second hour of our show, we've got uh, 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 Mick uh, the uh, coming on from A Fuel, which is uh, quite exciting to hear about their big win, and and they're going to be talking about one our one of our. Uh, uh, we talk workers' power. That's you know we're going for power, but but one of one of our favourite words um, over the years. You know we we, we like the words free. We we like, we like the words beer, but we also like the word back pay here on Workers' Power. It's one of our most favourite words here on Workers' Power. Oh, dear. And we're going to be hearing all, you know, a little bit about back pay. So really excited to hear about that. Right, but uh, as I said, uh, for, uh, uh, oh, wait, before I go on, thank you very much to uh, the, the crew from Transmission. Great stuff again, you know, um, some great guests in there and uh, they're, um, you know... Uh, 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 connecting and amplifying, you know, those marginalised voices, and uh, um, it's fantastic to, to to hear that. So, I uh, thank you to the transmission, and also thank you to Zedlines for bringing us all up to date with the news. But um, we will move forward now. Now, for for a few years, uh, there, there's been um, a, 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 a planned a, a development over at Tunda Harbour, um, mm. and uh, and. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm on the other side of Brisbane, so it, it, it's hard to be in the know. But, Cal, perchance, oh. you're in the know. You've been in the thick of it for a long time. And this I is, have indeed. As a Kwandamuka man, is this something that's very, very important to you? Oh, yeah, most definitely. It's uh, definitely important to uh, my uh, traditional uh, owners of the area. My uh, family uh, has connections to the Kwandamuka people as well so it is an issue uh, definitely big uh, to my heart at the moment and uh, in, 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 I know I could describe it in a nutshell they're, they're trying to turn the environment into profit right but yep. c- could you give the listeners a little bit of a better description than that please oh will I ever so um, g'day all uh, to our listeners and um, yeah look I'm going to just wrap it up in a, in a nutshell for you I'll, I'll try and put it into a synopsis for you so basically in the uh, 80s and 70s when Joe was in power, we're going back way before the ALP was in power. This was at the height of the police state era when, you know, you had Sir Joe, whatever you want to call him, uh, locking up blackfellas, um, you know, just having um, the minister for everything approve any dodgy development um, anywhere. And um, the first big one that we ever had in the Redlands that went um, bit how you going was Raby Bay. Most people forget that was actually built on um, reclaimed wetland on um, mangroves and there was actually a fair bit of people who now live there in canal housing. Uh, so if, you've got a, if you're going to live there, you're pretty well off. But um, now... In, in the 80s, when uh, Wayne Goss um, came in, 
Uh, fortunately, back then, up until the mid-2000s, we had a few Labor MPs out there who were actually um, really aware of um, the Toonda um, wetlands as well um, because any politician, irrespective of the side of politics, it, be it Labor or the Nats at one point, because Redlands was pretty uh, blue at one point, and... Um, what what really happened, right, was um, say when Joe was getting found out for Dodgy Brothers and all the all the brothels that were running back in the valley and all the the, the links to the ministers. Well, they were also looking into all the um, the dodgy developers um, and the applications they were doing. So way back then. Um, there was a, a, a minister and attorney general, ironically, for Cleveland, who was the um, AG who approved all the Fitzgerald stuff. His name was Paul Clawson. And he actually landed himself in a bit of trouble with um, some of his uh, local um, farming supporters and a lot of people like uh, Eddie Santa Giuliani, who ended up as our mayor, who was a councillor at the time, with a few people, ironically, in the Indigenous groups and also the ALP and Green groups. Um, so irrespective of what side of politics you're on, a lot of people started um, getting a little annoyed with developments like Raby Bay. And um, the government at the time proposed Toonda as far back as the 70s and 80s. And um, Paul Clawson, he actually um, realised, well, oh, I better not do this because this will cost me votes. And um, as we all know, the Nats lost power and the ALP was in under Goss, Beattie, and there was that little interlude under Borbage when the Nats were in for a couple of years. But for a good 20, 25 years, the MPs, irrespective of sides, um, pretty much um, bowed down to community pressure on protecting conservation uh, wetlands. And we had Daryl Brisky, Phil Waitman, who abided by that for a good while. But then when Newman came into power, something weird happened. So we all know that Newman wanted to be like the Joe 2.0 and um, get into bed with all these developers and, um, you know, fat cat capitalists um, that wanted to, you know, pursue uh, greed overall. And um, while they were playing with their little monopoly money on the on their little uh, you know um, board, a game board, uh, what went down was um, yeah Newman um, pretty much tried getting the uh, the laws rewritten so that developers uh, could have less transparency when pushing through the applications through the PDA process. So where that left us was they started digging up all these old developments that got buried from the uh, Joe days and putting them back on the table to see if, you know, if anyone was still keen. And um, there was a few developers since Toonda who gave up on it, but then there was this fella down in Sydney in... Um, I think his name was uh, Lang Walker. And, uh, yeah, his name's Lang Walker, and he, he represents uh, Walker Corporation. Now, they, for anyone that doesn't know, they're, they're like a very big billion-dollar um, company, and um, they propose to put down like a $1.4 billion application, which was originally 800 units on the reclaimed wetlands. So it, it, it was a bit, um, bit much for the locals, and, um, yeah, what went down was uh, everyone just wasn't happy about it. But uh, as, soon as, the, um, as soon as the ALP came back in, uh, everyone thought, oh, you know, we might be able to stop this application process. But uh, unfortunately, um, some in the uh, Palaszczuk government were still keen on the development that the LNP proposed. And this was irrespective of the past 20, 25 years when previous Labor MPs were in opposition to it. So more or less, what went down was um, the 800 proposed units suddenly went to 3,600 units, <laughs> <laughs> um, which, which for me, 
Oh, now, for those that don't know, I actually was, ironically, I was one of the um, branch secretaries in the <laughs> ALP locally at the time, and I was working with some of the uh, former MPs and uh, councillors, and um, there was th- there was actually some greeny councillors our way, some independent teals and Labor people, and I remember all of us sitting around at meetings just being like, what? Like we 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 don't exactly agree with this. What was the government going ahead with it? They said they were going to change all this when Newman was was going to go. Um, anyway, um, more or less, a few unionists, um, some people with the tertiary union, they objected to it as well as among as some others. And um, a good mate of mine in the AMWU as well locally did too. And, uh, yeah, look, um, a lot of branches, um, some members in the ALP, a lot of greenies, a lot of teal groups, and um, a few ex-public servants who organised a group called Redlands 2030 worked out with um, this Bayside Australian Conservation Foundation, uh, BirdLife Australia, um, pretty much with the Condomica elders, irrespective of... um, any that are representative of the corporate entity which is um the kayak group um which handles native title and then you've got the um Mijiraba Mugumpan elders irrespective of what where you come from in the indigenous side of of uh, debate over native title mostly everyone's since since this developments um expanded has mostly come out against the development the only people who are really pushing for it in the community even a lot of businesses are starting to go against it the only few people who are going against it is if um you know the developers gotten to you or there's an instance where redland city council which has mostly now been taken on by the lnp um they've pretty much um been in favor of it we've got karen williams as our listeners may or may not be aware she's the mayor that's gotten it is that the drunken mayor yeah that's the mayor that um pretty much uh hit a chestnut tree like that simpsons episode that uh you know had a few too many after um get this uh uh, a, a meeting uh, to raise the rates of the Redlands. She uh, she hit the Terps and uh, ended up having too many and hit a tree. <laughs> um, she's all good, like you know. Um, it's gl- I'm, we're all glad that no one got hurt um, in the accident, but um, yeah, you know that's just the, the just an example of what we've had to put up with from the Redlands. Oh, and we had Andrew Lamming who many may be aware was the MP who landed himself in a lot of strife during the dying days of the ScoMo government. He was one of the biggest supporters of Toonda. But sadly, um, and this has really annoyed a lot of people lately in the local Labor movement, is we've had um, Don Brown and Kim Richards, our local um, ALP MPs, all in cahoots with Walker Corporation. Now, you've got that, and you've got also... There's a councillor named uh, Tracy Hughes who's in the ALP as well. She's all in favour of it. But we've actually ironically had a lot of good people in groups like Labor Lean, who are the environmental wing of the ALP, starting to challenge from within these ALP MPs and councillors who are all in favour of it. Um, and there are actually a couple of people in the LNP now starting to question the development who've managed to successfully get the LNP MP, Henry Pike, who took out Lamming at the pre-selection. Ironically, he's on the developer. Um, he's been on the property council. He's actually now too afraid to admit if he's for or against the development. But you've also got Mark Robinson, who's the LNP member for Udru. Like Don and Kim, he's actually in favour of the development. So what we're really encouraging a lot of people to do right now is um, if you can, just um, look up the development on on the internet. Um, it's Tunda. Um, it's a $1.3, $1.4 billion um, PDA application where it's going to be proposed to be built in Ramsar wetlands where there's um, heaps of endangered wildlife. There's pretty much um, an endangered Kulu species. There's marine wildlife like dolphins, dugons, turtles in the area, a bit of sharks. 
Um, there's also um, like uh, some breeding grounds for koalas just down there too. A lot of locals want to um, push uh, for a port, just a simple port upgrade. They just don't want 3,600 units in their wetlands. And when you think about it, Redlands is um, the highest paying uh, council in Queensland when it comes to rates. Um, so when you push that forward, a lot of people who are actually going to be um, living in the area um, who are worse off socioeconomically are going to have to be forking out heaps of rates, might have to take out a second mortgage because they have how cost of living is through the roof at the moment. They're not workers' houses. And, and uh, yeah, the, the units, well, let's face it, um, here lies the trap though here lies the trap this is the ironic thing about it so um if even if you are well off and you think oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be living the ritz life taking up um some place to live on in the tuned towers when they build them um well when you look at developments in sydney if they're not done properly you're going to be in this financial trap where your own building and unit probably will collapse, especially if it's built on reclaimed wetlands or, like, um, they, they'll have to, like, do a lot of um, dredging. And um, for those that don't know, that's, like, a real dangerous procedure. You could also, like... Um, when you're digging it out, it could actually be quite acidic and um, it harms the environment. And uh, when you're retrospectively looking at climate changing, rising sea levels, um, extreme weather events, um, you know, I even if it was built, it probably would only stand the test of time for, for a couple of decades, if not just three, if you're lucky. Um, and even then, like um, Raby Bay, the, that development I mentioned before, built in the 70s and 80s, that's actually, in fact, sinking. Um, so people living in Canal Estates um, are actually forking out heaps of money to maintain their levees in the canals. So it's, it's, it's quite a rort. And, um, yeah, we're trying to encourage everyone to write, um, like, uh, the EIS submissions. So if you can just, like, go on the internet, look it up, put in submissions, um, yeah, we're really encouraging it. And there's also, um, I also had the, um, the uh, local Greens branch contact me. There's also some um, union people who've been involved with Teals and Labor people questioning the MPs locally too. But um, there's um, Kathy and Ian uh, Maslin. Um, I'd just like to do a shout out to them as well. Um, yeah, they're they're really unhappy with um, the development, and I've just had something sent through from them um, last night. And um, they say, well, the state government and Redlands Count City Council have gifted over 40 hectares of internationally recognised wetlands to a developer for a massive residential commercial development masquerading as a plan to do a much-needed uh, renovation of the Manjiribar Strabroke Island Ferry Terminal. These wetlands are feeding grounds for precious migratory seabirds, including the critically endangered Eastern Kulu, and uh, part of Moreton Bay Marine Park. This project would also severely impact coral, seagrass, areas so important to many uh, marine species, including turtles and jingons. It would also lead to the loss of our unique uh, Tunda Koala colony. The 60 to 80 tower blocks containing 3,600 apartments will have wonderful views of Moreton Bay and Manjiribar, which will have been stolen from the existing residents and many thousands of locals who as much loved uh, with the connecting, um, which is much loved with the connecting GJ Walter Park. The average worker would never have been able to afford actually living here if it's completed. The building phase of the project will take around 20 years and involve trucks rumbling constantly through narrow suburban uh, streets to bring fill to build the residential islands and the noise of pile-up drivers burying foundations deep into the ocean in an attempt to stabilise the landfill in a fragile ecosystem that has international recognition. The end result will be the densest housing development in Australia. 
And uh, they go on to say, well, the Queensland Greens have worked with an alliance of community groups, including Redlands 2030, Bayside Australian uh, Conservation Foundation, BirdLife Australia to fight this proposal. And they go on to say that the Greens have made some um, uh, Tunda a major uh, part of their recent federal election campaign because it illustrated the massive flaws in our environmental legislation, planning laws, political donations and environmental protection, cleaning up politics and giving key communities a real say are key to the issues there which are central to the Greens. And, um, yeah, they also just quickly go on to say in 2018, shortly after Walker Corporation launched its third proposal for the team development, the Federal Environment Department advised the then Federal Environment Minister, as many would know as uh, Josh Frydenberg, who was recently our Treasurer before he was turfed out, uh, to the Teals, that uh, the de- development was clearly unacceptable, yet he ignored the advice and nothing has changed. It is still unacceptable. So, yeah, submissions against the development must be received by the 6th of December. So that's basically six, seven days. you got a week. Yeah, you've got a week. And um, I have heard it from some people in the Labor movement and Labor Lean who are doing the best job they can in the internal machinations of the ALP machine to also get this development um, uh, put put under the scope. Um, and uh, we're actually hoping, Tanya Plebisek, who's actually done... Um, some all right things as the minister so far, but could be doing more. We're encouraging her to say no to this development because, let's face it, if the federal government went ahead with this development, um, it would be no better than what the LNP do. And honestly, um, there's also... I'd just like to say, um, I a few of us noticed that... Um, when the Indigenous elders put in some submissions, irrespective of where they're from and the debates of native title, we've got the treaty debates and um, voice for parliament coming up. Uh, the MP that is one of the biggest cheerleaders for it um, in the ALP locally in Capalabar actually said the traditional owners weren't actually uh, custodians of the land. And for many people who've been involved, irrespective of if you're a Teal, Labor or, or Green supporter or many people I know have been organisers of, of anywhere from the centre to the left, we're quite shocked and appalled by those comments. That is such incredible disrespect. It, it's pure racism and it's uh, discrimination and um, honestly, um, if if anyone could encourage uh, Don Brown, Kim Richards on the ALP spectrum of the uh, political sphere, as well as Mark Robinson from the LNP, who are the state representatives of the Redlands area, or even Mick DeBrenny, who's um, Mount Cotton, to say no to this development... Um, we could definitely um, have this development be a thing of the past. And uh, make sure you get out and put some submissions in. And, um, yeah, we just really want to stop it. And uh, if it goes ahead, um, it'll pretty much be like a mini Gold Coast, but of the Redland Bay area, like the Cleveland area and and, um, the Redlands. So, yeah, just do what you can and... um, well, yeah. well, we'll we'll, we'll keep <laughs> listeners um, uh, informed. Thank thank you. We we've we have reported uh, on this before, but not as thorough as that. And uh, thank you for for uh, bringing us all, all all up to speed with that. Um, yeah, do 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 your internet searches, uh, workers, and 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 get behind this. Yes, it's it's quite political, but it's very very important for 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 workers. Uh, um, you know, like it's stolen land. Um, yeah. and, and uh, we, we should be standing up for it. There, there's a big uh, slogan a lot of us use out in the Bayside, which is uh, stop the rot, fix the port. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's just down to that, really. All yeah, right, well... Dis- destroying <coughs> wetlands for housing is just utter stupidity. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense, no matter what side you're coming from, unless you're a politician who's looking to make a quick buck. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, that's so right. And it just I, needs to be stopped. I, I have it like from even former politicians who even agree that um, the current politicians in need to like pull their heads in because it, it's just blatant. Um, if you don't have transparency and things like this, it's just blatant corruption. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And welcome back to Workers Power here on 4 Triple Z. Uh, my name's Bill and I use the pronouns he, him. I'm Genesis, she, her. I'm Jackson, I use they, them. I'm Cal, he, him. Now, we've also got uh, a, a brand new track that, that, that we're going to be playing very, very soon from our comrades uh, uh, from uh, over the other side of uh, the continent, uh, um, Last Quoker. Now, we've got uh, Trent on the line to talk, talk to us about it. You there, Trent? Comrades, hello. Hey, what's up, Trent? Hello, how is everyone? Oh, very good, very good in the studio here. And, and, and we're, we're, now we're always excited about new Last Quaker here, here at Workers Power, but but this title really, really, really hit hit the mark. So could you could you tell it tell us what the title is and maybe give us a bit about what 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 what, what that phrase is is about. Well, the title of the track is Eat the Rich, uh, and it, it's something we're all pretty passionate about in Last Quaker, and um, yeah, I guess as punks and as, uh, as lefties, you know, it, it's something that um, we've been fighting against for a long time. We're kind of sick of the elites who are just destroying, you know, the environment, our land, our, which is our heart, um, dividing our community, um, pushing absurd media messages, and um, you know, just kind of oppressing um, the people as well. Uh, it's been happening for a long time and we, we think it's getting worse. And um, I, I guess over in Perth, we've got a place called the Golden Triangle, which is kind of the elite rich suburbs that form a triangle in, in the West. And um, we're kind of taking the piss out of those losers and um, private school boys in general who, who kind of, you know, you meet these, these private school kids and the first question they'll ask you is, like, what school did you go to? And it's like, uh, you know, like, it's all about kind of elitism and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's a bit of a piss take. We're always having fun with our politics. We think politics needs to be fun and the resistance has to be a, a fun fight. Otherwise, it does lose meaning. Um, so we're having fun, having a laugh, but we're also sticking it to the rich, which is uh, the most important part. Now, um, before we get too ahead of ourselves, for those who haven't heard of you, do you want to introduce yourself and your band? Yeah, well, my name is Trent, uh, he, him. Uh, yeah, we're Last Quokka from Fremantle in WA. Uh, yeah, and we, uh, we've been making music together for about seven years. Um, there's five of us in the band. We've got um, members from, the, from, the, from down south in the southwest of, per, uh, of WA. We've got a member from Guatemala, a member from Russia, um, me from the northern suburbs of Perth, and... And, uh, Justin from Fremantle um, and we all now live in Fremantle together and um, yeah we've been making kind of yeah anti-establishment kind of uh, yeah positive political punk music for about seven years now and yeah we've been overseas a lot in Queensland um, once and had such a good time Four Triple Z were awesome and you know workers power it was good to meet Bill and Riley and um, yeah other crew over there and um, yeah hopefully get back to you guys soon as well Hell yeah. Um, what you're saying earlier, Oath, uh, the rich elite in in Western Australia, uh, I don't know about, but I do know about the rich elite in Queensland. And dear God, they're the way the way they lift up their nose and, and you know, uh, just just the, the, the thinking they're so much better than the rest of us. Oh, totally. And I think you, you lot over in Queensland have a similar problem to us in WA that we're so dominated by oil and gas and fossil fuels industry that the rich really do have this, like, sense of entitlement to the land and to the people on it. Um, and they do look down their nose and uh, at us. And, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think it's something people in Queensland can really relate uh, relate to as well. Absolutely. And... and I think a big part of my anger towards the rich is targeted at property owners and uh, landlords who are buying up all of the property in Queensland and causing this rental crisis and just just yeah. getting yeah, rich off of other people. 
it's insane. We've got the same problem here. We've got, you know, I think well, all members of Last Quokka are, are renters and, you know, our rental prices are being driven through the roof. We've got, um, you know, our bassist, Ray, who lives in a property in Hamilton Hill, like their, his whole house and area is looking at possibly being demolished by the state government, um, you know, like, as well. So I think that's an, another separate issue. But, but housing is becoming more and more problematic and difficult, and it's because of the rich elites that are... Um, that are just greedy and and on top of that like that's a huge problem in WA as well um, you know as, as well as you guys are having Queensland and probably all over the country it's uh, affordability and cost of living it's, it's becoming harder and harder for all of us yet we just we just see the, the rich just getting by so so easily and um, hoarding wealth which is the antithesis to community and, and love and, and coming together and it's just enraging and um, we're kind of getting sick of it now We've been sick of it for a long time. Yeah. We're more sick of it. Oh, great, great words there, from, from especially from uh, someone who's just released a song called Eat the, Eat the Rich. So, <laughs> um, fantastic stuff. Now, now um, you, you, you're going to... Now, we don't want to be too cranky at you. Uh, we're, we're just a little disappointed there. But you're doing an e- East Coast tour, but... You're gonna. You're not coming up to Brisbane, is that right? <laughs> oh no. We're so sorry. Um, look, you guys are our favourite. We, you know, the reason we came to the East Coast last time was because of the folk at Four Triple Z, um, Branco, and and yourselves, and just everyone supporting us and bringing us over. That's the reason we could do our last East Coast tour. Unfortunately, um, you know, we are broke, and the reason we're on the East Coast is that we've been asked to play Chops Festival with. You know, the likes of Coffin and Amal and the Sniffers um, down in Carisbrook, Victoria. So we thought we may as well get a few other shows in while we can while we're over here, but um, the money just didn't stretch as far as we would have hoped, and it's a lot harder going from Melbourne to Queensland. Yeah, we, we know, um, we understand. We're, we're just having a little dig. Look, look, you more than made up for it by saying that, that we're your favourite. <laughs> of course you are, yeah, yeah. You know, we have this joke that, like, you know, RTR, which is kind of Perth's equivalent of 4 Z, have supported us since we started, but we do have a bit of a joke that um, I think we get played on 4 Z more than even RTR over here. <laughs> you know, you've always, for years now, supported us and played our music and interviewed us and promoted us and you know, you made the most enjoyable tour of our lives possible. Um, you know, the community you guys have over there in Queensland is is outstanding and, and really special. So we can't wait to get back there, and it won't be too long. We're well, if you keep out, so. if you keep writing new tracks, we'll keep playing them. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> keep you keep bringing out tracks with titles like privilege and eat the rich <laughs> and things like that. they're going to get a te- <laughs> yeah 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 we're going to get a touch now 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 look for we, we do have listeners from interstate so so g- g- give us the dates do, do the plug of the tour for us <laughs> you can you can you do that i'm so i'm so bad at this um so this friday night we are playing at the old bar with victorian legends uh plaster of paris who um, we toured the East Coast with recently, and, and I thought some of you in the studio there would have um, seen them at the show too. Um, and Down Girl from Sydney. Um, and then Saturday, which I think is the 2nd of December, we're playing at Chopped Festival in Carisbrook. And this is the one I'm a bit confused. I think it is the week after that, which I think is around the 9th of December, whatever the Friday is, we are playing at the Duke of Endor in Sydney with Down Girl as well. Oh, I did way better than I usually do. I'm so impressed. Hell yeah, impressive. Yeah. And, and Friday <laughs> is the ninth, so yeah. Friday you, is the ninth. Yeah. Thanks, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> now, now the the let, let's do some more pro. Where, where, if if um, you know, after the you know, someone's driving along, they're about to hear "Eat the Rich" and they go, "Oh, I really like that track." When they get home tonight, they want to have a listen to it again. Or what? What? what where, where? Where can they find it? Um, look, they can buy the um, buy the song for a donation on Bandcamp. Um, just last quaker, uh, last last quaker's Bandcamp. You can also buy vinyl there. We've only got, I think, one of our four records left. The rest have sold out now. But um, we'll be putting a new one out next year, so you'll be able to buy vinyl there. We've also got some hell cool um, shirts designed by Cygnus Labs in um, Indonesia on Java. There, so we've got some um, new some merch over there that that work with us and they've got super cool designs they've done for us so you can buy Last Quoker shirts there too um, I, I am looking yeah. at the Last Quoker shirt with a 
A, a quite an aggressive bear on it is is it's that a, it's, a a bell. it's a it's a quokka it's a quokka bell. Well, there, I should know that, shouldn't I? <laughs> so, so yeah, you can get our stuff off Pancan, and yeah, you're right. They are. It looks like a big giant bear quokka. Um, but yeah, get our stuff there. If you don't have the money, you know we do have music on Spotify as well, and that's completely fine. We just don't the people be playing it and listening to it. So either of those mediums is, is good. Um, but buy the big bear cocker shirt. Um, they look pretty cool. We're pretty proud of them. All right. Wonderful stuff. Well, anything else you wanted to highlight? Um, no, not, not really. I think I've said what I wanted to say. I think everyone out there, times are getting tougher and, and tougher. And I think, you know, the divide in community that's being pushed by the elite is is becoming more and more overt. And this is when communities should come together and resist and fight and and, and, and build really positive, um, safe, free spaces away from um, from the control of these people. And, and, you know, like, resistance needs to be fun and, and the fight needs to be enjoyable. So have fun out there and um, don't cop any shit from, from these people. And, um, yeah, eat the rich. You're so right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to our show, Workers uh, Workers Power, and you know, and and your words about the four triple Z community because uh, we feel that uh, Last Quaker are part of that four triple Z community. So, um, thank you. Yeah, we're a Queensland band as well. And welcome back to Workers Power here on Four Triple Z, where you're with uh, Bill, and I use the he/him pronouns. I'm Jen, she/her. I'm Jackson, I use they/them. I'm Cal, he/him. We've got uh, Mick from A Fuel in here now. Mick, you're, you're the, uh, the 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 union secretary of of A Fuel, yeah? Yeah, that's correct, mate. And thanks for having me here today. Oh, you, thank you for for coming on in. And uh, first off, I think I nearly always get it wrong. Could, could you tell us what A Fuel stands for? So we're the uh, the Australian Federated Union of Locomotive Employees. So we're uh, train drivers and rail traffic guards here in the the beautiful state of Queensland. Right on. And locomotive is just such a fun word to say. <laughs> That's why I got in the biz. <laughs> 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 and uh, so, so yeah, you 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 look out after um, you know train drivers and conductors here here in uh, uh, the state of Queensland. And uh, um, just recently, uh, there, there's been some uh, an exciting development uh, for for some of your members, um, which is why you're on here today. Yeah, so look at the train drivers' wages are a little bit of a, a different beast. Where so as we've got a, a base rate of pay, and we've also we rolled in all of our shift penalties and weekend penalties and night penalties into an aggregate wage, way back in 1996. Um, and then we've had a dispute that we um, started in 2020 in regards to long service leave, where one of our members was 46 hours underpaid, $11 an hour, about $540 is what the company was up for. Uh, they decided to say you're not entitled to it, so it delved a little bit deeper, and it's, we're sort of estimating around the $10 million mark now in back pay that um, oh, Queensland wow. Rail and you know a couple of the operators they're using the same sort of clause within their enterprise agreement are on the hook for now. They should have paid. 500 bucks is pretty cheap now. Yeah. So these are stolen wages. Yeah, so with the way that uh, 2009 Enterprise Agreement came along, that was in the work choices sort of era as well, so things were all a bit quirky in 2009. And one of the, the logger claims was to have long service leave paid at the full flat rate, so that's that aggregate I was talking about as well as the base combined. The government at the time said, you know, that's going to cost us an absolute fortune. Going forward, though, we'll let you accrue at the full flat rate, but everything pre-2009, we're going to keep at the base rate. So there's two buckets of money, one on the full wage, one on the base wage, and uh, basically they got grandfathered in. It's just been rolling along until this sort of dispute came along in 2020. Uh, another one of our fantastic drivers up in Cairns kicked off as well with the pre-2009, you know, the, the lawfulness of it, and it was taken up by us. Um, and essentially put the, the notice last Thursday that um, no need to go to arbitration we accept responsibility and we'll be doing a full audit to do to back pay. Hell yeah. Right on. That's going to be a big check. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Um, pardon? Yeah, you you mentioned that um, this has been going on since what year? 2009? 2009. 
would um I mean that would even go before the the Newman era too on a state level. Would would you say that asset sales would have been at play with with some of this in decision making? Well, I think what a lot of it really comes down to is the, the demographic of the workers as well. So in 2009, you know, it was negotiated and it was seen as a good thing that the, the long service leave was going to get picked up. And then it's taken a few years for a lot of those drivers and guards then to actually start accessing their leave. And also, mind you, everything that they accrued post-2009 was what was getting drawn on first. So when they were going on a couple of weeks long service leave, they were getting it at the full rate. And it wasn't until they started getting into those old reserves that... Why are we only getting the base rate? Because we, you know, sort of we're getting penalised to go on long service leave now, but you know, short every fortnight. And it had been a hangover from each agreement, and it's sort of just been the norm from all unions involved as well that there was a grandfathered in sort of agreement back then. The 2016 IR Act in Queensland here sort of changed the ball a bit as well because long service leave used to be looked after federally. 2016, you know, the, the IR Act came in, and um, Thanks to one of our fantastic industrial officers there, um, when this dispute came in, really started delving into it and sort of asking the question of why are we accepting this? This isn't correct. Um, hence, the going through the dispute process and, and having this pretty great win, in my opinion, yeah. So they should have been being paid the full rate all along? Well, from my understanding, the, the, the 2009 sort of work choices, it was, it was lawful at the time. Mm. Um, but with the 2016 uh, bringing in the, the Queensland IR Act, um, that's sort of where, and people smarter than I that have done the case law on it and, and came to it. But yeah, here we are now with going back potentially six years to every driver and guard that have accessed any of that pre-2009, those that have retired, those that have resigned, those that are sitting on a beach somewhere playing golf, that got dotted out of some money in the last six years, or also... Um, yeah, hopefully be sitting there waiting for a check to turn up on their address as well. That's going to help so many people. It's going to be great. So you you mentioned six years there. I was thinking about that. I'm glad glad you did. And 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 um, you, you you've shown me you've answered the question for me nearly really. And and I just wanted to make a point that um, they're their own worst enemy once again, the bosses, because they paid off the the, the newer entitlements, right? Um, if they had have paid off the older entitlements and it was six years ago, you're not entitled to any back pay. Mm-hmm. But the, the other point of this as well is superannuation's been underpaid that whole time on all those funds as well. Yeah. Oh. Um, so we're, we're doing a bit more work in that space and, again, it's my understanding that we can actually potentially go further back than the six years of the superannuation. So we're going through all those sort of realms there now as well to make sure that uh, our people, whether they're current members or, or resigned members that are in a happier place, make sure that um, what's theirs is coming their way. That's fantastic. And that's, you know, exactly what unions should be doing for their members. And, uh, you know, I commend you, you know, for, for, for this work on that. And, uh, um, yeah, quite often it's it's that one member who looks in the mirror in the morning and says... Oh, I, we need someone to to stand up to the you know these the, these grubs, oh, you know that person is right there in front of me, and then off they go, and and then to have a a good good, good union um, to 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 back them, uh, props props to you to to you and your union. So, do you, do you think that there's going to be a, a big like because a lot of your olders uh, members w- would be you know long term um, drivers and things like that so it's a big uh, it'd be a widely felt issue in, in, in uh, on your members yeah so uh, historically and we'll see what the future brings but coming into the railway a lot of and um, our members sort of came in as a 16 year old and been there a lot of family members came in brothers and sisters all joined at the same time so they've been in the railway for their entire careers and one of our uh, one of our executive members he did the, the sort of the back of the uh, the coaster mathematics on his accruals and he's sort of estimating between 35 and 40 thousand dollars additional um, from this pickup is going to do to his retirement wow and that, then that's, that's not big. including the superannuation. That's, that's, that's massive. That's that's a that's a big deal for a worker, you know, getting near retirement. I like, you know, I'm I even I'm starting to think about mine, and you know, thirty five thousand dollars a year, thirty five is a big chunk of change into your retirement. Absolutely, that's going to make a huge difference, and obviously it wouldn't be happening without such a staunch union 
to to get this back pay for the workers? Well, the the AFULE, we're a craft union, um, and we're not one of the. I'm happy to say we're not one of the big dogs in town, but we we've got a hell of a fight in us as well, and we we like having a blue, and we like. Um, hell yeah. <laughs> we do what we can do with what we can do, and uh, I'm pretty impressed with. Um, you know, the size of our organisation, the size of our membership, we, we don't even crack the 1,500 at the moment. And um, we certainly, we, we pride ourselves on not taking a backward step. Well, you're doing, doing really well for 1,500 members and the resources that, that you've got and the organisation uh, that, that you're doing, it's fantastic stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so how did you get this win? And also if there's uh, like another union member out there who, think they, who thinks they might have a similar situation in their workplace, like what are the first steps they can take to like um, take action on this? Well, from here, I, I guess for our, our current members, if they're sitting at home thinking they're going to get a cheque by Christmas, or I think again, this is going to take a long time mm. for the orders to get conducted. Uh, and for workers at, in other industries, um, you know, other workplaces there, uh, essentially the, the ordinary rate of pay and your fortnightly pay that you take consistently home that's your full rate mm. if you go on long service leave and it's at a reduced rate if they're trying to use a different number of what they use for long service leave mm. that's the questions that need to be asked um, there's a little bit of terminology differences within um, our train crew enterprise agreements as well that also made things a little bit hazy on what a full flat rate was, what the full wage was, a couple of different terminologies, but ultimately uh, our industrial was able to point it all together that maybe different terminology, but it's the same you know, same outcome. So yeah, my advice to any workers out there that um, uh, as an enterprise agreement or a, a common contract, whatever it may be, that I go on uh, long service leave at a different rate of pay than what I have been getting paid leading up to it. Certainly worth asking the question and, and getting onto your union. Mm, definitely, and and uh, look, look, you've already mentioned your industrial team team a, a, a couple of times, and and um, I, I would hazard to guess that if members have ever got any queries um, when it comes to the, their pay rates or, or how it's applied to them, get in touch. That, that your industrial, I, I, I'm, I'm making an assumption here, but I'm asking a question. Your, your, your industrial team would be available to your members to, to answer those queries. 100%. The, no, our members pay our wages and we're servants to our members. So 100%, give us a call. Yeah, spot on. And look, look. Uh, the, the reason I bring that up is because in the retail game that I'm, I'm, I'm involved, the, the members, they're not quite as um, uh, outreach towards the union they kind of bottle it up and we try and encourage them get in touch you know you never know one phone call or one little chat could turn into a, a 10.5 million dollar back pay settlement and, and i think the one thing with so the afule has been around since 1861 we've been in uh, in queensland for 101 years now and we still subscribe to some of the old sort of morals there and we're still a servicing union so we don't have a call centre, we, we don't have none of that sort of stuff. You know, quite often you ring up our state office, if our office manager's out for, for lunch, whatever it is, you may very well be you know, speaking to, to me. I'll, I'll quite often answer the phone. You know, none of us are above anybody else in our, in our organisation. So we're there to service our membership and, um, you know, we do a pretty good job of it if I be a little bit modest as well. Great stuff. <laughs> You mentioned uh, some stuff about not only back pay, which is commendable, but um, superannuation as well. Uh, something um, Bill and I might have some chats about in future is um, having been in the retail um, industry for about and uh, fast food on and off for seven years. Um, I, I noticed that um, a lot of uh, the super. It doesn't flow into the workers in fast food and retail, and I, that's just shocking to hear that the rail workers, are, you know, in the same boat in some regards. That's just how, how do you, how do you come across that when you negotiate with the um, with the bosses? Well, I think that with this dispute, the, the superannuation problem comes in that they were only paying on the base wage for those pre two thousand and nine, so they're only paying super on that amount as well. So there's that missing gap there that's the missing super gap as well, which I've got to go back and rectify. And look, I, I think that, uh, in, in not to come into your space, but you know, with a lot of the, the hospitals and retails and those sort of things, a lot of them, the younger generation that thinking about super is, look, mm. I'm just about to turn 40 and I, I really don't turn my head to super either. Um, so I'm not really keeping an eye on it too much. Um, whereas a lot of those you know, uh, getting towards, you know, 
the end of their career. Super's incredibly important. So they're, they're down 40 bucks. They want to know about 40 bucks. In their I super's. had a look at mine yesterday. You know, so yeah. It's uh, something that you've got to keep. Yeah, the more, I suppose the older you get, the more you, the more you keep an eye on it, you know. And yeah, yeah. And I, I suppose they're kind of um, banking on the fact that once you get to the point where you need to start thinking about your super, that it'll be uh, too difficult or too much hassle to chase up missing wages from way back when. Yeah, and I think a lot of people sort of um, look at their paychecks and go, yeah, it's about right. And probably a lot of people look at their I super certainly as do. well and go, yeah, it's about right. Whereas those other ones that forensically go through when you know, I'm 27 cents short on this pay for night. Yeah, too right. Too right. You. <laughs> I, I've heard from people I know in education um, say very similar things with some people even paid on a casual part-time rate and um, they're not getting full pay as well. Yeah. What, what sort of like um, hours do your workers do? Like uh, most casual, full-time or part-time? We're vast, vast majority full-time. Um, so the, the call for train drivers um, especially uh, within the country and especially in Queensland uh, there's just not enough train drivers what their oppositions so um, we did have a little bit of a problem with labour hire starting to poke their head into our industry um, and we were seeing a little bit of casualisation sort of starting to trickle in the, the wheels really turned again now where anybody that wants a full-time job that has got the qualification um, you know, employers are offering sign-on bonuses and, you know, we'll help you relocate and all these sort of things as well. Um, and then um, with our, our, our guards here in Brisbane as well, you know, when we call for, uh, when things and rail calls for, you know, vacancies to, to join the, the train crew grade, you know, there's thousands and thousands of applicants. Um, so it's difficult to get into, um, but at the moment it's, uh, uh, unlike other industries, yeah, we, we sort of don't have the problem with labour hire and, and casualisation too much, even though Every enterprise agreement we go into, we also make sure we try and shore up that, you know, same job, same pay and those sort of things because we don't know what's happening in a couple of years' time as well. Mm, yeah. And uh, if all those workers are, uh, are, you know, standing together as one, they, 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 they're such a... Pre- uh, um it's such a specialised workforce, they could be quite powerful in the workplace, can't they? Uh, well, one of my favourite sayings at the moment, I say it a lot, is it's never been a better time to be a member of a train crew. Um, Every operator sort of is begging for them to, for their services. So, um, good time to negotiate enterprise agreements, um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a, the industry's in a good little spot at the moment. And they've got a great union fighting for there them, getting them back pay. We do our best, absolutely. Hell yeah! All right. Well, look, look it's been fantastic having you on and, and talk talk about that. That just, have you got any others that you might? Uh, a- a- anything else exciting that you? Oh look, uh, I, we've just come out the at the back of um, a, a rather large and, and dirty industrial campaign, and, and I, I mean um, dirty just because industrial campaigns often are dirty. Um, so I just wanted to sort of give a, a throw out to our, our Pacific National, uh, our freight drivers, um, who really um, faced massive adversity from the company and basically the company was coming to them offering condition cuts and 1.5% wage increases Uh, and these guys and girls got together, took industrial action Um, we kept going back to negotiation, they took some more action then were locked out for 48 hours and we then followed up with a further 48 hour stoppage as well Um, so they really picked themselves together and in the outcome of that we got a, a wage increase as well as a, a, a rather significant penalty increase uh, for them working away as well, which equated to about an 8% first-year wage increase. So from where these guys were, of we need to be competitive, we've got shareholders, we want to take away some of your conditions and also give you a terrible wage increase to getting around about an 8% first-year wage increase. Doesn't um, even cover inflation. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, we all know that's one of the frustrating things of uh, negotiating in, in the industrial relations system here in Australia. There's uh, there's uh, changes that have happened federally yesterday or today. When is it? It's going going forward. But uh, I, 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 I would hazard to guess that uh, 
for you and and for AFUEL, the, the the main thing is uh, organising your workers and organising the workplace. Would, would would that be a fair fair statement? We just keep on doing what we're doing, keep on growing in strength, and uh, keep on educating. I think that's that's a, a major thing for us as well is mm. to keep educating um, our members and and new people to the industry as well. Um, you know, train drivers are on a fairly good wicket, but that wasn't given either. So we need mm. to keep you know, uh, keep strong, keep together, and um, keep moving forward. Well, we're, uh, to 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 let you know, we're we're uh, here on Workers Power. We're all we're all still we're all members of the Retail Fast Food Workers Union. You see, mm. and uh, what one of the, one of the, one of the priorities that that that, that we do uh, as as members and and, and and as unionists and that is to to educate our our co-workers and uh, our co-members and things like that so what we're hoping is that there's going to be a whole new generation of um of, of workers come through hopefully some uh, you know they're, they're in mcdonald's now or kmart or something we're educating them so that when 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 they they join a fuel and they're, they're they're drivers they know uh what 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 works so hopefully uh, we, we can send some your way but uh, look thank you so much for coming on we really really appreciate uh, uh, you, you coming on and uh, and chatting a, a, about about workers and and one of our favorite topics of all back pay um, sounds like a really really good good win there and uh, um, we we keep an eye on a fuel stuff and we've reported it already but uh, um, we'll, we'll stay in touch and hopefully you know you you, you you'll be call it, call it getting in touch because there'll be another great victory for members very soon hell yeah thanks very much I, I certainly appreciate all your time I appreciate it wow well, no thank you Mick and uh, yeah you're very welcome here on workers power. And welcome back to uh, Workers Power here on 4ZZZ, uh, where you're with uh, Bill, and my pronouns are he, him. I'm Jackson, may you say that? I'm Cal, he, him. All right, so um, that was a great interview, you know, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's really really good to, to, to hear about those those workers, and uh, yeah, good good little union, that one, um, so good on them, um, thanks for Mick for coming in. and yeah, uh, a lot of similarities between AFUEL and RAFU. Yeah, there, there there are a lot there, you know. So I found just, it quite educational. I never knew they existed till today. So yeah, and but, but they've been they're they're the jeez, they're one of the oldest unions in the world. Yeah, yeah, there that's what they told me around since since like eighteen sixty one, which is insane. That's like nearly uh, not not nearly two hundred years old, but definitely. Around 150. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a a long time for an organisation, you know, of any kind, let alone you know a, a, an activist organisation or, or a union, you know. So fantastic stuff to. And they're still chugging along. Yeah, they're still doing <laughs> their thing for their members, you know, and uh, good on them. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're highly organised. I've been over to their office. I, I, you know, I've chatted with them and stuff like that, and um, so yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, good on them and. Uh, um, yeah, like I said, hopefully uh, we, we have them on again soon to talk about another uh, victory for their workers. Mm. Good stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, we, we've got one more piece of business that we've got to move on to uh, before we finish off the show, and that is the world-famous Scully Wag of the Week Award. Oh, now, one, Jackson... One last thing as well is that uh, this is also Cal's oh, last yes. show. Uh, it has been a pleasure having you, Cal. We've loved what you brought to the show. Thanks, And Jackson. we're sad to see you go. Oh, well. um, but I, I wish you the best of luck in, in your new adventures thanks, yeah good mate. luck up there and th- thanks for being part of the, the 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 crew for for a while and uh yeah yeah you have bought something that's a, a little bit different for us and uh you know and it's always good to uh amplify you know the the, the voice of workers so thank you yeah no no worries and um also happy to add a bit of a uh traditional owner perspective as well and um yeah for those that don't know i'm actually relocating up north to central queensland for a new job for a good 18 uh months or so so um yeah no i'll I'll try and uh, make maybe some guest appearances down the track so awesome (laughs) fantastic anytime yeah, good. Yeah, good luck, and and you're always welcome. And and, and if you Thanks, uh, continue to pr- p- pursue journalism, you never know our paths might cross again. Oh, most definitely. I mean, I'd love to get into um, 
uh, you know, some media avenues to expose anyone a bit dodgy, maybe down the track. But let's see how things pan out. Oh, you out. could be you our whistleblower. <laughs> <laughs> hey? our, re- uh, our regular whistleblower. I shouldn't well, we, say we, that. We, we, can't about, we can't say that cut, early. Cut, cut, that, cut that now. <laughs> I don't know what you're, you're talking about. about what, are, what are you talking about? Yeah, what are you yeah, talking no, about? You're not going to blow it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure you'll do well. You're always professional in, 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 in everything that you you do so thanks I, mate. I, I know i know you do well and uh, and and uh, i'm quite uh, envious is, is a strong word but I'll, I'll use it there you know a, a, a young man you know about to start a, a you know a, a good new job in a new town you could make it what make it your own make it yourself you know oh definitely that's the plan yeah good <laughs> luck to you and i'd just also like to put a shout out to the retail fast food union who help out a lot of people um, who have had a tough time during COVID and just after COVID when adjusting with a lot of changes we've had lately and um, in everyone's lives. And yeah, definitely sign up to your union if you're having issues at your workplace because um, yeah, if you feel like you're having a really crap shitty time um you know they can actually give you a hand if you feel like there's no one to look to so definitely get onto it and they can give you a hand oh yeah right on uh, now let's get on to our scale quick quickly because we are very much running out of time now so last week pampas pastry owned by billion dollar company goodman fielder asia pacific called firefighters on striking workers who were holding a peaceful protest outside their gates workers have been on strike for a week now and had a safe constantly monitored barrel fire since the start of the strike pampas suddenly decided this was a risk and tried to get workers in trouble calling in two fire trucks to intimidate workers. Here's what the United Firefighters Union had to say when they found out. UFU blasts pastry maker Pampas for wasting time and risking lives. Firefighters fight fires, not people. The attending firefighters classified the fire as a false alarm due to no risk to the public and the barrel fire being within safety regulations. But on the same morning at 8.40am, just six minutes away, firefighters were battling a house fire in Braybrook, which led to a fatality. Being called to a non-event in the same area by an overzealous employer looking to disrupt lawful industrial action is a disgraceful distraction to firefighters who are trained to protect life and property. Uh, UFU Secretary Peter Marshall said emergency services should not be used as shock shock troops for employees trying to rip off workers. Firefighters are not strike breakers, Peter Marshall said. By tying up our firefighters with this nonsense, Pampas managers have posed a real risk to people's lives. If you're thinking of weaponizing firefighters against workers partaking in peaceful protest, <coughs> don't. So yes, our scallywag of the week this week is uh, Pampas Pastry or Goodman Fielder Asia Pacific for uh, trying to break strikes with firefighters and putting people's lives at risk. Spot on. That... that that's what workers should do for other workers. Um, and, 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 and if the cops were to ever be want, want to be considered workers, <laughs> when the bosses ring them up and say there's a whole heap of strikers, the, the, the cops should be saying, we don't care. You know, <laughs> that's your problem. I, 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 don't, I don't know if the cops would be so much down for that, Bill, but your solidarity <laughs> with firefighters but, is yeah, definitely a Yeah, possible. I know, I know. I've gone a bit far there. I've gone I, a little bit far. I have to far. say, the uh, firefighters are some of the most unionised people I know. I know yeah. a bloke, uh, a shout-out to a bloke I know named, I'll just say Grant, who lives uh, <coughs> maybe on a Coochie or one of the Bay Islands. He's, he's one of the most... Uh, unionized fellas i know and i mean um that that's just shocking <laughs> yeah 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 no, don't use other workers as strike breakers fan that's a really really good uh, um a, a especially really f- workers who uh, have very important work to do saving people's lives yes. that, that was yeah. just dangerous and irresponsible
All right, well, we've gone overtime once again. we 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 got to throw over. Make sure you stick around. The crew from Brisbane Lines are, are, are already um, um, waiting on us. So we will stand over. And, uh, yeah, make sure you tune in next week. I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll start going over the year. Um, and, uh, yeah, that should be, uh, you know, some, some good listening, some good music. Um, that's uh, next week. So, yeah, we will see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday, comrades. Here Tuesday. on Workers' Power on 4 Triple Z. And as soon as they saw me, they came bounding over.